0: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast.
0: With Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Larry. Caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! University of Wisconsin, third and goal of the one, Lindsay is in, Janovich the fullback, Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's that they call a touchdown, they call a touchdown on a one yard jump inside.
1: Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, no offense, he's got some room to run,
0: he cuts it back at
1: the 10, Fitt takes it in, touchdown Denver! The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And so, touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver.
0: And now,
2: here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have the demons.
1: This house is clear. Live, welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me as always. My partner in crime, you know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was kind of interesting, you know, when, when we came out of that brutal Chiefs loss, 23-3, Vaughn Miller stood at the podium, was despondent, was in despair, and a lot of fans were worried that it meant, you know, it was step one or square one of him somehow passive aggressively beginning the process of working his way or forcing his way out of Denver. And we said, listen, it's it's concerning. You you hate to hear someone talk the way he did, but let's wait until Thursday. He speaks every Thursday at Dove Valley and see whether or not his tune changes. And he walked a lot of that back. He he basically said we'll get we'll get into it in depth, Zach. But long story short. I meant what I said. However, that in no way, shape, or form did I intend to imply that you know I want I want to leave Denver. Or that I don't want to be a part of the future solution.
2: He also, Vaughn, has to think about himself and how his comments are framed. It's all a negotiating ploy down the road. We talked about him needing a new contract in a few seasons, and if he wants to stay in Denver, he can't really tick off Elway, and we all know the contentiousness that he dealt with in the past negotiating uh, with Elway on that record-setting contract. But it's not surprising, as we talked about, as we always caution with Vaughn, he is the consummate professional, Chad. He is a pro's pro. He loves the game. He loves the Broncos. He loves the city. He loves the fans. I am not surprised in the least that he would walk back his comments and embrace uh, the Denver culture all of a sudden now, despite a bad loss and despite a bad season. That's just Vaughn being Vaughn. But uh, he can internalize it all he wants. He can rationalize it. He can justify it. But I know deep down a part of him, though, is still very unhappy and uh, a little apathetic toward what's going on the last couple of years.
1: We are going to get into it. Even more. But this is the Mile High Mailbag, of course, because we are your football priests and each and every week we are here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And we are looking forward to finding out what is on the mind of Broncos country this evening. But first, you guys, a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. That's just simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget to head on over to Apple podcasts and leave a creative review. If you like what Zach and I are doing, give us a five star rating. That's a great organic way to support the show. And it also enters you into our monthly giveaway, our drawing some mile high huddle swag, some huddle up podcast swag, like Zach's wearing there. So take care of that.
0: This is the overtime podcast network. <laughs> not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a or a or girl. not anymore. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's, uh, we'll get to
1: the questions here in just a second. Let me first and see what's on everybody's mind. Let me just welcome everybody in Jordan, Stu, Shreyas, Buona Beast, One Guy, Noble Young, Duke. What is up, y'all? Thank okay. you for joining us. It's good to see you. And uh, I want to go straight to something Von Miller said here. Let me pull it up. In regards to, uh, give me one second here. In regards to whether or not he sees, you know, a future if, or whether or not the Broncos are trending in the right direction. Let me let me quote this. On taking momentum into the next season, quote, you just have to trash this season. Going into next season, we've got a lot of great players. We've got Drew Locke, who's going to be in his second year, Cortland Sutton, year three. We're going to have a healthy Juwan James next year. We've got the Colorado kid, of course, Philip Lindsay. We'll have Bradley Chubb back. Just focus on that whenever the time comes. We have a bright future here. We lost a couple of games, but we were close in a lot of games too. We're not far off from where we need to be. I know after the game on Sunday, it seemed like we were so far, but in all reality, we're not too far away from where we need to be back in playoff contention, close quote. And Zach, I think that he's he's not too far off the mark because – You know, these games, so many of these games, especially in that first quarter of the season, the Broncos lost by a razor's edge, right? One single play didn't go their way. The football gods willed it. One bad fall of the dominoes, and it ended up as a loss. Who And and each one of those kind of stacks up and contributes to the overall mindset and energy of a team going into week 15 against the Chiefs last week. If they even get one or two of those games to fall their way, you know, they're sitting as a seven-win team, They have a chance at the playoffs. They have something to play for. Maybe you get a different complexion going into that Chiefs game. And what I'm getting at here is if all these dominoes do fall the way Vaughn Miller is talking about with Locke, Sutton, and the way we've talked about James being healthy next year, Lindsey taking another step forward, Bradley Chubb coming back, I can see this team, especially if they make some additions in the offseason with all that cap space they're going to have in the 12 draft picks, I can see this team being much more competitive in 2020 and, and Von Miller finally being rewarded for the patience and, that he has shown over the last four seasons. And also Bryce Callahan
2: coming back. It's like getting a whole new player for a yep. whole entire season. So I agree with Vaughn. The Broncos really aren't that far off from being a playoff contender again. There are a few moves away, and we talked about it on previous podcasts, Chad. They have that young nucleus in place with the Suttons and with the Philip Lindsays and with the Noah Fance but it's all going to come down to one thing. It's all hinging on one thing. You know it. Broncos fans know it. Von Miller knows it. It's the quarterback. It's Drew Locke. If he takes that next step next year, they have the talent in place. You hit on the, uh, the capital they have. You hit on the money they'll have to spend on free agents. They can be a playoff contender as soon as 2020. What he says isn't true, but he's leaving out one fact here. If Locke takes a step back, if he gets injured, if anything negative happens, the Broncos will be right back to square one. It's all dependent on the quarterback. So he's not wrong. But I think he's looking at it a little more optimistically than than uh, it's presently sitting with Drew Locke right now.
1: And that's another good point as to, and a good reason, to illustrate why the Broncos need to, it's not so much proceed with caution as it relates to Drew Locke, but rather make the right decision at every turn. You know, they're giving him these five games to close out the season. He's going to get week 16. He's going to get week 17. Even if he loses the next two games, the Denver Broncos need to go into their end-of-season press conference with Elway and Fangio sitting at the podium at Dove Valley and just put it out on Front Street. We liked what we saw from Drew. We think there's enough there for us to build around. We're building the nest. Just like they did, it didn't work out this way. Tim Tebow following 2011, they anointed him the future starter in 2012 that he did enough. Little did they know, though, two months later, that the Colts were going to cut Peyton Manning, and then they went after him. So that was a very unique situation. But what that – was meant to do when they anointed Tim Tebow, the starter coming out of that 2011 season saying he's our guy next year was to give him that, that shot of confidence, allow him to go into the off season as, you know, and even Cortland Sutton spoke to this. I'll get to it in a minute earlier this week, but that peace of mind, that confidence of knowing that you have the full faith and support of the organization. And you can really just focus on working on your craft and building relationship with your guys instead of, Going into the offseason like in any way, shape, or form, insecure about your position, where you stand, and feeling like you got a battle. I mean, every day is a battle in the NFL. You have to constantly justify your, your job, but it's a different animal than being pitted in an open competition right. each and every spring. And by the way, Steven jumping in with a $30 donation Thank you, on Steven. Super Chat. And congrats. Yeah, that's awesome, buddy. Congrats, have a good time. You get to see lock in action. So get out there and have a good time. But yeah, I mean, that's why the Broncos, they need to be careful, Zach.
2: I'm, I'm totally
1: with you. They cannot be
2: ambiguous about what they want to do in the offseason, a quarterback. They have to come out and stand behind Drew Locke and say, this is the guy going into the offseason. Because if there's one thing that Von Miller's frustration intimates, Chad, and it, it probably resonates in the entire locker room, is this Broncos team, his teammates, are tired of quarterback competitions. They're tired of not knowing who their starting quarterback is going to be until late in the preseason or early into the regular season. They have to unify around Drew Locke. Not just for Locke himself, but for the entire team. Make one united front, one heartbeat. And one job in mind, one goal, let's get back to the playoffs next year. But it's not going to happen if they continue being divisive with their quarterbacks and 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 slow rolling things and playing both sides of the fence. They have to throw all their support, all their confidence. I'm right there with you behind Drew Locke. And I feel if they do that, it would signal to Vaughn like it's truly a new coming of age. It's truly a new Broncos team and they can get back on the right track. I think it would instill confidence in him and the entire team.
1: Amen to that. And Stu jumping in, a superstar on Super Chat, one of our most hard supporters. Keeping the lights on for the Huddle Up podcast. Appreciate you, Stu. $25 donation. It really goes a long way. You're the man. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I think what you'll see happen, and then we're going to get to some questions here, guys. Um, I think what we're going to see happen is, especially if Drew Locke, even if the Broncos don't win these final two games, but he plays well. You know, he plays like he did in those first two starts couple steps forward, maybe one step back, couple steps forward, but mostly progressing forward, I think you'll see John Elway and Vic Fangio finally get out in front of it on a public note and say, look, yeah, this is our guy, and kind of allow the team to rally around a young Drew Locke. Now, getting back to Von Miller, just for a second, I want to read verbatim this quote that he said, speaking to kind of where he was at mindset-wise, immediately following that Chiefs game. And then, guys, we're going to get to your questions, so get them ready. He says, quote, that's how I was feeling after the game. Everything that I said, that's how I was feeling. I think that the way it was portrayed after, that was different. I didn't want to send a message about me not being here and me not wanting to be part of the solution or anything like that. It was just that I had been feeling a couple things that I had on my chest, and then you mix it in with that tough loss to the Chiefs, and it's just a tough day. Everything I said, I said it. I'm always thinking about my message and how it comes across to the fans and stuff. Everything that I said, I meant it but I didn't want it to come across as me not wanting to be here or me not wanting to be part of the solution close quote. And then one more thing on how important it is for him to basically see the, see things through with the Broncos, be part of that solution. Quote, I've said it before I'm tied to the Denver Broncos. It's pro sports and we all know things can change, but for me and my Mm -hmm. mindset, it's a marriage that I'm not looking forward to divorcing anytime soon. Close quote. So, Zach, it's kind of like that dutiful husband that's married 10 years into a marriage, or relationship. Maybe a couple of kids have come out of this marriage. You got a mortgage together. You've got your assets and and everything are tied together. Uh Maybe you're not super happy in the moment, but you know that there's, you know, you've had some good times. You've been happy in the past and you're committed in a dutiful way to see things through.
2: But you know what, though? It, it takes one person in that relationship to to decide I've had enough and to file for a divorce. So he's not, it's not totally up to Vaughn, whether he wants to stay in Denver. I think he's putting on his best face right now and he's hedging his bets a lot. He said, uh, not anytime soon. He goes, unless things change. I mean, he knows the nature of the business. If there's anything Broncos fans and Broncos players have learned the last three years is Elway will cut you, he will trade you, he will get rid of you, even if you think you have job security. It's happened too often. Manuel Sanders, Aqib Talib, we can go down the list. T.J. Ward a couple years ago. Even if you have star power, even if you help win this, this team a title, if you don't perform, if Elway thinks you're expendable, he'll get rid of you. So Vaughn, he has to angle. He has to do and posture himself in the best possible light. He has to put out a brave front because he knows he's still the mouthpiece of the team. He he knows he's still the face of the team, and he also knows that he's going to need the contract in a couple years. Him walking back the comments, Chad, uh, a lot of it was genuine. A lot of it was sincere, but I think a small portion of that also was uh, posturing and negotiating.
1: Yeah, and also get your you-know-what together, front office. like Get us over the hump. I think part of it, too, and this is something that we haven't really addressed, is (laughs) – I think there's an aspect of Vaughn speaking so in such a raw and emotional way after that game. I think it's also a similar kind of overture, like the you know we're gonna kick their ass cardinal's uh prediction hmm. kind of like walking off the podium. It's his way of like passive aggressively trying to rally his own teammates like. You know, he's not an out-in-front type of leader like DeMarcus Ware was. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a follow-me-into-the-breach, good fellows type of dude. He's <laughs> a, you know, he, he leads quietly. He tries to lead by example. And I think there's a passive-aggressive element to this in which he's trying to light a spark and do two things. One, telegraph and signal to his teammates that he wasn't happy with their effort in that game, that the Broncos left it out there on the field. And also that you need to turn the ship around. We can do better. Let's go. Your, your, your leader, the face of your franchise, is up here at the podium, like on the brink of tears is how, you know, the tonality of that that press conference following the Chiefs game. So I think that's something we've slept on a little bit, and it's something to keep in mind, too. He's trying to send a message to his brethren.
2: And on the other hand, though, I mean, he's getting paid like a franchise quarterback, and he has seven sacks, Chad. So, I mean, his, his, his rah-rah rallying cry, I think this year would fall on deaf ears. And it's one thing to call out your teammates. It's another thing to call out the front office. You're really tempting fate and playing with fire when you when you throw a barb John Elway's way. So Vaughn's smarter than that. He knows uh, where the bread is buttered. He knows how the sausage is made in the NFL. And I think he's doing what's best, not only for the team, but himself.
1: A good question here from Jordan. He wants to know what the podcast schedule is going to look like in the offseason. Well, guys, we have uh, no plans to change the formatting, even okay. in the offseason. And you might think to yourself, well, there's no games going on. What, the Sam Hill, are we all going to talk about four days a week? Not counting what the building the Broncos dudes are doing and Dove Valley Deep Divers. Well, guys, most of you, I mean, the, the YouTube channel especially has grown exponentially this year. And by the way, what's up to all our new subscribers? Welcome. It's yes. good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Um, but we have gone da- – we decided to go daily at the beginning – of January this year. So that the entire off season, we were daily. We were we just weren't doing the live pods like we're doing now. So it's going to be no different than that. We're going to continue to do the live pods. The scheduling is going to be consistent. We're going to keep you in the loop anytime we have to tweak or change the schedule or format or programming. However, Zach and I have been talking about it and we're, uh, we have a meeting next week after the holidays are through and then the rear view, he and I are going to get together and we're going to hammer out some, some fun. Ideas for programming in the offseason, for example, just a couple of of things to get you going, get you excited, something to look forward to is the idea of breaking down prospects where we can share the screen and together while we're all watching live, including your guys' input in the comment stream and Zach and I watching it live, breakdown film review film prospects. There's a lot of cool things that we have in mind that we're going to try and graft and weave into the podcast programming. But the one thing that we are resolved on and Zach, he'll, he'll agree on this. It's all going to be through the live formatting because it has made the podcast aspect of what we do so much more fun for us and engaging. And honestly, it's seen the show already just in this season alone this show has grown by leaps and bounds just, and it was already, we were doing many thousands of downloads per episode. And this podcast has grown leaps and bounds just since September. So that's just a little taste of some of the things we have cooking, but the schedule, as far as it being daily, it's not going to change.
2: Yeah, the feedback we've got on these live pods, you guys have been absolutely incredible, very supportive, very understanding of the the time differences and the tweaks that we have made, but like Chad said, not going to give anything too much away, but we have some on-location ideas, too. We're going to take you guys with us to some of the events that we cover regarding the Broncos, so we have a very, 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 very exciting off-season plan, and as Chad would tell you, the off-season is more going on than the season. We have the draft, we have the free agency, we have the combine, we have the senior bowl. There's always rumors there's always news coming about, and I feel like this offseason in particular is going to be very action-packed, a very high-activity offseason for Denver, a lot of moves to be made, and we'll be there every step of the way with you guys.
1: Jane jumping in with a $15 donation on Super Appreciate Chat. You. Jane, I think you're you're at least new. I don't think you've, you've joined us on Super Chat before. I'm sure you've been on the live pods. Thank you so much. Appreciate you for uh, your support. That means a lot. And uh, again, a lot of people that are just, kind of turning on to the show because we're doing things live it's done things on facebook it's done things on youtube like what zachary's saying here just started watching you guys three weeks ago and this is something we've been plugging away at every single day dating back i mean the huddle up podcast was created in right after super bowl 50 so we've been plugging away and we went daily earlier this year and we've been daily all year long and that's not going to change so and by the way Stu, yeah we're going to do some draft pods and the guy's uh, we have things in the works. We haven't ironed out the details yet, but we have things in the works where guys like Nick and Carl on building the Broncos can go live and do draft stuff. Nick, Carl, um, Eric, Lance. Also, you know, we're probably going to do some, some mock drafts live and figure out ways to include you guys and especially our super chat superstars in that process. And just a lot of fun stuff that we have cooking up and ideas that we're going to hammer out um, as we get a little bit closer to, the, the start of the new year. Buana B says, does it cost money to join the mile high huddle via SI? No, there's no paid subscription for mile high huddle. Like there used to be with 24 seven sports. And when we were on, on scout right now, all the content on mile high huddle is free and it's going to stay that way for the foreseeable future. My friend. All right, let's uh, let's get to some of your questions here. You guys, Nivets, he wants to know any word on the punter tryouts. Is it Wadman for the rest of the year? And maybe one of the new guys in training camp, Zach, I haven't heard the Broncos haven't signed one of those guys yet, but, I would be stunned if one of them, if the, if there isn't news of one of those guys getting signed immediately following the season where they can flood the roster back up to 90 guys.
2: I will eat my shirt live on camera, Chad, if Col- Colby Wadman is the Broncos punter next season. It's just not going to happen. They will move on from him at the minimum. They might overhaul the entire special teams unit, including the coordinator. But yeah, as soon as the season's over, I think Wadman's the guy last couple games. But as soon as the season's over, I anticipate the Broncos making a move at punter and going in with him next year uh if replacing Wadman.
1: And by the way, Stu, that's a sentiment Zach and I and all the draft guys will agree with you on this. Mm-hmm. We actually enjoy the off season covering it more than we do the regular season. The regular season you fall into kind of a uh a grind because you know your 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 schedule is dictated by the actual team's schedule and the off season is so much more open ended and possibilities and signings and draft picks and buzz and it's just so much more fun for us to cover. It's going to be great. Um Let's see what Buona Beast here says. Who would you like to join the QB room as a veteran, low-pay, third stringer, mm. if anyone? I'll tell you what, Zach. I don't want it to be Joe Flacco, even if he's willing <laughs> to restructure his contract and take peanuts. I just think it's a mixed message. You need to start fresh with Drew Locke. And, you know, you can kick the tires on on it being Brandon Allen. You saw a three-game audition. Let him battle it out with Brett Rippon. But I don't know. Do you got anyone in mind?
2: I haven't seen the free agent list, but am I wrong for thinking I don't want another old man in that quarterback room? I like the fact the Broncos finally have a youthful depth charter quarterback. I would even be okay with having Brandon Allen as that quote-unquote veteran guy behind Drew Locke next year. If he gets hurt, Locke, the season's over anyway, no matter who steps in. But if they have to go for a veteran, I just don't want it to be another Graybeard. I don't want another Flacco. Maybe more of the Tyrod Taylor age, maybe uh, late 20s, early 30s, has some experience in the NFL, but no one that's going to push lock and no one that's going to make waves who wants to be the understood quarterback in Denver.
1: I'm pulling it up right now. Oh, spot track. Come on, buddy. What's going on? Let's see what it shows me. Track might be having a problem with their site right now, but I was going to pull up a list of of soon-to-be free agent quarterbacks and we could actually get to a real answer, but it looks like their site is having a problem. So we'll jump to another question here. Flacco is the elephant in the room. Hopefully they gracefully move on from Flacco. That's a good point. Doug wants to know, do you guys get the impression that Fangio is mailing it in? I wouldn't be surprised if he resigned (laughs) at the end of the season. I would be stunned if he resigned, Doug. He's got about $4.5 million uh, as far as reasons to stick around next year, I think that he's Zach kind of been worn down by um just how much more on task and uh, you know he's he's the man for he's not just the defensive guy breaking down film you know and going over game plans right. like he's handling every aspect of the football team Monday Sunday through Sunday and I think it's worn on him he's 61 years old, but I don't think that it's necessarily him mailing it in you got to remember too Zach. This is a team that's been decimated by injury. I mean, yeah. we could go through the list, but from Bradley Chubb to Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis, for those of you who missed it, had surgery yesterday. He's done for the season with a knee. So Fangio hasn't been – he was also handed the second toughest strength of schedule in his, in his maiden point. season as a yeah. head coach. So it's been a tough first year for him as well. But you know what, Zach? If the Denver Broncos can win these final two games, it'll show. Even with all those games they lost by a razor's edge, they'll have improved by one game. Over their previous finish, which was six and 10 under Vance Joseph last year. If they can get to seven and nine this year, you know, we can throw around some Jeff Fisher jokes and it'll be a lot of fun. But at least that's a one game improvement. And, you know, you think, well, maybe in the next year they can get to eight, nine, maybe 10 wins at the ceiling. And you
2: know what? Every game, except maybe the Chiefs game, the Broncos have been competitive and they've played very hard for Fangio down to the wire. We didn't see that fight under Vance Joseph. So I'm with Chad. Literally a negative 10% chance that Fangio resigns after this season. That being said, though, the Broncos go into next year with all these expectations and no excuses, and they lay another egg or they have another tough season, a lot of injuries happen. I could see Fangio, who's been a lifelong coordinator, maybe saying, listen, I'm in my 60s, I don't want to really do this anymore. He can be going back to being just an assistant coach. So definitely not this season, but if the Broncos have a tough year next year, I can maybe start to see those questions uh, percolating more.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: The account is under my wife's name. This is Steve. Yo, this is Steve Cochran, longtime listener, first time live. Well, thanks, man. We sure appreciate appreciate your donation, Steve and your support in watching the show and participating in the conversation. We love it. I mean, that's one thing that I think is unique. A lot of podcasts and radio shows, they do mailbags, and they engage with their listening audience, but we do it live, and I think it just adds an element that is unique, and it's probably one of the things you guys really love about this show. Jordan wants to know, why is everyone looking for Fangio to be fired? He's in year one, and this team shows promise. These things don't happen overnight, especially, Zach, when you – decide to start, you, you know, you make the offseason acquisition to acquire Joe Flacco and you realize that he was the wrong man for the job and the rookie that was going to be the next man up is sitting on injured reserve. So, I mean, just a, a comedy of errors, a comedy sure. of factors that led to a really tough, I mean, all things considered with the what the football fates have thrown at the Broncos, I think Fangio's handled his first season pretty well. He's there have been some in-game decision things that have been questionable. But just like with anything, a lot of that stuff you have to learn by going through the trial. You have to it's trial by fire. You got to learn it the hard way. And I think one of the hopefully at least my biggest critique, Zach, from Fangio this year is I think he's finally figured out how to call his defense from the sideline. He's gotten more comfortable with that. My biggest thing is these really weird challenges like Hmm. maybe stop listening so much to the analytics guys in your head who just want to justify their jobs by saying hey man odds on uh challenging this situation in nfl history it shows that are this amount i'd go ahead and throw the flag dude stop throwing red (laughs) flags challenging non-calls on pass interference it's just not going to happen dude
2: Yeah, I mean, for the reasons you laid out, Chad, it was going to be a tough season for Fangio as a first-year rookie coach working under John Elway, which is no easy situation. Then you add in the fact the Broncos gave him uh, a roster full of injury-prone players who, surprise, got injured. They went through three different quarterbacks, including starting off with Joe Flacco. Uh, Strength of schedule, as you mentioned, Chad, some things haven't broken their way correctly. All things considered, he hasn't been perfect, and I think Chad and I especially, we kind of over – um, overrated his, his immediate ability, Vic Fangio, as a coach. He needs more time to grow into it, but no way he's getting fired. And the only reason that question comes up is because fans, football fans, Broncos fans, any fans of sports, they want to be knee-jerk. They want blood. They want action, and it just doesn't happen that way. If you want the Broncos to succeed, if you want the Broncos to put themselves back on the NFL map, they need continuity and consistency in their coaching staff. They gave Vance Joseph, two years. They're going to give Vic at least that and probably a lot
1: more. Absolutely. Miller707Champ, he says, Do you guys think we will re-sign Derek Wolf? He's one of my favorite players, and he puts his heart and soul in every game, and he always speaks the truth. A great leader. Zach and I don't 100% share a brain on Derek Wolf. I'm one who um, – I'm, I'm a big fan of Derek Wolf. Just the whole package, as you said, you know, hard on his sleeve, take a bullet for his team, puts it all out there on the field. It's just the injury thing, man. That's the biggest deal is like he, you know, he's got, what is it now? I think three of his eight seasons, he's played all 16 games. Off the top of my head, I could be slightly off on that, but everyone knows he's kind of injury prone. He's starting to get up there in age. I think the Broncos are going to make a strong effort to re-sign him and keep him in Denver. The question is, Zach, to me, at what cost?
2: That's my thing. I'm not totally against it, Chad. He's great for the locker room. He had a great season under Fangio. I just don't want the Broncos plunking too much money into Derek Wolf. and I don't want the Broncos stunning the young development of their linemen in favor of bringing back a perpetually injured veteran in, in his 30s going into uh, Derek Wolf. I'd rather that go to Draymond Jones, to Marcus Walker. Shelby Harris deserves a new deal. I would rather pay Derek Wolf before Chris Harris Jr., put it that way, but I'm not rushing out to pay either immediately. Justin Simmons is priority number
1: one. By the way, did you see Justin Simmons stand up at the podium earlier this week mm-hmm. and defend Chris Harris Jr. for, you know, the criticism we've given him that he's gives up one huge dagger of a play each and every week. Simmons went to bat for him and said yeah. that, you know, he's he's making um trying to make lemonade here with the lemons he's been given between kind of being tasked with the hard down. I mean, the whole thing Chris Harris Jr. talked about early in the offseason, what he liked about Fangio's scheme and the new players that were there was that he didn't have to take the hard down, snap in and snap out, meaning the the number one guy, he didn't have to trail him each and every snap. And it ended up devolving back to that, though, when Callahan wasn't able to, to fit in. Twonte Bosby got hurt. Isaac Yadam didn't take the step forward. And from there, it's just been a mad scramble. And I think you've seen also Harris, who's played almost <clears throat> his entire career in a man principle. uh press man type of coverage systems to having to assimilate into zones and you know it does involve having to trust your guy to do to do his job and I think this season more than any other season Zach we've seen Chris Harris Jr. and we've we've criticized him for it. Allow the big play. Someone was supposed to be there and the first thing he does is point the finger when the when the whistle gets blown you know throws his hands up and points to someone and but there's also some truth to that in zone man you have to trust you have to do your assignment and you have to trust that your teammate is going to do theirs. And in, I think, a few ways, not only for Chris Harris, but some of the other teammates, all this zone concepts that Fangio deploys, it's taken time to assimilate that and get everybody working on one brain
2: great teammate Justin Simmons but you watch the tape you watch Chris Harris Jr. play he's getting burned every single week Chad it's not always someone else's fault it's not always on Justin Simmons that Tyreek Hill touchdown may have been Simmons getting over too late but Chris Harris Jr. is not the same cornerback he was in years past it's just reality it's just you look at the tape you look at the eye test and it shows you that so Simmons can say what he wants but I have my opinion I think a lot of Broncos fans and those around the NFL see the same thing
1: All right, let's see what else you guys got here it is the Mile High Mailbag. What's up, Ben? Uh, here's one from uh, Steve. Royce Freeman has been a little disappointing in my opinion. Do you think Booker, Devontae Booker, deserves another crack? Or do we move on from him or both? And what was Theo Reddick's contract? We also had another question here from Bradley on what the team's going to do with running backs. So the lay of the land is this. Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, they are under contract, of course, for, or they will be anyway, for uh, 2020. Devontae Booker is in a contract year. He's got two games left on his contract. Theo Riddick is on injured reserve. He's not coming off it. His contract expires at the end of the season. So the Broncos will have a decision to make with those two guys. The biggest thing I think, Zach, and Nick Kendall actually had an excellent article on this today, very analytical, deep dive. The Broncos, they've been throwing the ball to running backs, but they're not getting the production out of those targets and those those passes that you see some of the other Shanahan-oriented West Coast offenses uh, doing whether it be the Vikings, the Rams, um, the Niners, and so the thing is, Devontae Booker of all those players, he's the best wide receiver. But he doesn't, you know, receiver out of the backfield. But he doesn't bring what you want to see between the tackles as a runner consistently. That's Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman's even a better runner in my opinion between the tackles as a pro anyway than than, than Booker's ever proved to be. So what I do, Zach, my thing is, if I am the Broncos, I am letting Devontae Booker walk or at least test the market. Theoretic, that was just a simply a failed experiment. Right. I pissed $2.5 million down the drain, threw it out the window, catch you later, uh, lesson learned there. And I'm finding a couple of young studs in this draft, whether it's yep. drafting him or after the fact in the college free agent ranks, a couple of guys who who have the type of skill set that I'm missing in my running back court because Phillip Lindsey's a, a stud. You know, sure. He is great, but you saw it even in the Chiefs game, imperfect conditions, yes, but it's really been no different than the rest of the season just not a receiver yet out of the backfield. He's, it's just not his thing. Maybe one day, Zach, he'll grow into that. Royce Freeman's actually shown a better propensity as a receiver out of the mm-hmm. backfield than Phillip Lindsay. So I think they're going to change up the, the, the running back room with those two guys, of course, staying at the top next year.
2: Chad you said it best I'm right there with you I let Booker walk I let Riddick walk and the only thing I will add is make Lindsay the guy no more time shares no more committees make him the centerpiece of this offense make him the staple he can work on his receiving chops in the offseason but make him the guy he has 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 total yard upside every single season and to not commit to him and to have Drew Locke attempt 40 passes in the snow in his third career start you have to have better coaching than that so what you said is absolutely right I think Running backs are a dime a dozen in the NFL, still, even though we saw what Philip Lindsay's is capable of. You got to replace the ones you have, but make Lindsay the guy. No more 1A and 1B. It's
1: one and then two. By the way, Coach Fangio was asked today on Thursday how important it is for Philip Lindsay to get over a thousand yards. And for what it's worth, he's currently sitting at 849 yards rushing. So with two two games to go, if he can average 75 yards a game, basically, he can get over 1,000 for the season. And Fangio was asked how important that is uh, to him. He said, it'd be nice, quote, it'd be nice, but it has to be within the realm of trying to do everything we can to try and win the game. But it certainly would be nice, close quote. In other words, yeah, if he, you know, if he, within the game plan, breaks off some runs and gets over 1,000 yards over these last two games, that's going to be great, but we're not going to go into these games trying to get Phillip Lindsay over the hump.
2: Because they also have to work on Drew Locke's you know, development. They can't just force feed Lindsay the ball for personal accolades. Fangio and the Broncos want to win these next two games. And Lindsay's a part of that, but he's not the entirety of the team. He's not the entirety of the offense. So I, I agree with what Vic is saying there.
1: Mark jumping in with a $5 donation. Thank you, Mark. I'm super chat. You're the man, Mark. He says 2020 NFL draft, first three rounds should be O line. Question mark, your thoughts, my football priest. Appreciate you, brother. I think especially. First round, uh, yeah, I mean, like the first three rounds, you need to figure out how to get that that offensive line back to, especially um, right guard, center, left left tackle. I have a sneaking suspicion the closer we get to the end of this season, Zach, that the Broncos are going to go ahead and roll into 2020 and feel like Garrett Bowles improved enough, showed enough improvement under uh, Mike Munchak that they're, they're not going to go high with the left tackle, but I think they'd re- be remiss not to. You could still go into 2020 with Garrett Bowles as your penciled-in starter, but bring in a Tristan Wirfs or an Andrew Thomas or one of the other top tackles in one of the premium rounds to at least push him, send a signal to him, push him, and then have a developmental guy that you can actually turn to. Unlike this year, they had to turn to Elijah Wilkinson, and it's, it's spelled disaster. I mean, even in that Chiefs game, Goodness gracious, he's just so slow in his kick slide. He just doesn't have the requisite speed and quick twitch to handle those speed rushers out in space and on the edge. He's a natural guard. I mean, the Broncos are playing
2: the guy out of place because they don't have a backup quality tackle on the roster. I don't know if this question means use the first three picks on offensive linemen, but by far and away, they have to come away from those first three rounds with, if not one, two linemen. You mentioned the starters they need, but they need backups they need depth, and Bowles is no sure thing next year to hold up as we've seen. Juwan James is no sure thing. I'd like to have an upgrade on McGovern if we can get one. I'd like to have an upgrade on Ronald Leary, who might be cut who might be released this offseason. They have a lot of work to do in that front five and protecting Drew Locke, something they didn't do in Kansas City, should be priority number one. So I am not opposed to at all using two of the first three draft picks on offensive linemen.
1: Champ, we appreciate you, man. You too have a great holiday season. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, Let's see what Jake here says. Should we trade Vaughn Miller for a first-rounder and use both picks on linemen and cut Ron Leary and Joe Flacco and basically have $100 million for defense? You know, if you traded Vaughn Miller and got out from under him and, and Flacco's contract, you're freeing up $45 million on the salary cap right there. But, no, I don't think so. I think Vaughn, as long as Vaughn wants to be here, I think, you know, he he should be here. And you're not going to get, Zach, the same type of haul the Raiders got for Khalil Mack. He's about twice as old as in terms of NFL years in the league today as Khalil Mack was when the Bears made that trade. And a first-rounder, as far as impact, I'm not sure that person, whether it's offensive line, defensive line, whoever, that prospect comes in, I don't think they're going to be able to make as much of an impact immediately and even in the next two- or three-year window as Von Miller could stand on the team.
2: Right, That's a good point. I mean, a first-round pick is an unsure thing. And, you know, with Vaughn, you have pretty much a sure thing. I don't think he's going to be traded this offseason, much to fan chagrin. Uh, But I think next year, after the season, he has another 7-8 sack season. I think he'd be going into the final year of his deal, Chad. Then I could see the Broncos looking to flip the guy. uh, Going past the prime of his career, he's, you know, on the downside of the, the back 18. So I think the Broncos could entertain that next offseason, but he's safe this year.
1: Right now, I wish we had a producer that could push the button and our listeners here. the John Elway. Good for you, bud. <laughs> Mile High Truth jumping in with a $2 donation. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you, brother. Um, Champ wants to know, should we? what should we do uh, with the first draft pick leaning towards cornerback? I don't think there will be a lineman worth the pick unless we trade up. Your thoughts? I wouldn't be opposed to a corner that early, but I really do, Zach, think the team needs to stay focused on OL in the first round. Because this is a top-heavy class as it relates to the offensive line. Talking to my draft guys, you know, talking to Nick, Eric, Carl, those guys. This is if you if this is a good draft. If you need offensive line, this is a good draft for it.
2: I don't. It depends with the Broncos pick, Chad, in the first round. But I don't know how you can go cornerback considering Fangio has shown he can make chicken salad out of even Devontae Bosby's of the world. So they have Bryce Callahan hopefully coming back next year. I would not invest a first rounder at that position. You have to protect Locke. And set him up for success going forward. So offensive lineman to me has got to be the
1: first pick. Ben wants to know do you see us beating the Raiders? So the it's this week it's the Lions at home and then the season finale at home against the Raiders. I'll go out on a limb. I usually say my predictions for the round table, but my record this year is atrocious <laughs> on the round table. So Brilliant. screw it. Yeah, I think uh, I do think the Broncos will beat the Raiders, especially if Drew Locke has a has a game this week against the Lions, which I think he will. I think the Broncos do beat the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are – they've been – they were—they look – the first half of this season, they went through a period where you're like, oh, could it be? Could they take that quantum leap forward? And then in typical Raider fashion, they completely uh-huh. fell apart, and they're a joke. Dude, the way they finished their last game ever in the black hole in the Oakland Coliseum, mm-hmm. absolute joke and an embarrassment, uh, disgrace to their fans and their organization. And I think ending on such a sour note at home – Man, these last two games, I think they're just like, screw it, man, mail it in. I think the Broncos will be able to get that one done.
2: Chad and I will save our explanations as to why uh, we predict the games we predict in that last couple of weeks, but I will say the Broncos will beat the Lions and will beat the Raiders and end the season on a two-game winning streak. So nothing to worry about there. I mean, in the first half of the season, as Chad said, that first matchup, the Raiders were a different team, but now they're really imploding, and I think they're kind of going through the motions in John Gruden's second season. So I can definitely see the, the Broncos, and I think they will. I victorious last two games of the year.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: We got time for a couple more questions, you guys. Let's grab this one. Here's a good one from Andy. He says, what do you guys think about the game plan for Locke? Conservative or open to him? Well, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that open to him, but I think the Broncos plan thus far, as much as it pains me to even go this way, like I was so frustrated by the way they handled him. I still think they made a mistake. I still think putting him on injured reserve when they didn't need to do that, he was ready to go four or five weeks into the season. And instead they had to wait or they chose to wait. They were obligated to wait minimum till week nine, but they ended up waiting till week 13 to debut him. They could have used him way earlier, However, the silver lining, Zach, is that plan, air quotes for those of you listening, uh, I think did help him. I mean, the whole mental aspect, Vic Fangio's talked about it. He's talked about it. Rich Gangarello's talked about it. It had a positive effect on him as a quarterback. Instead of having to learn and also juggle the demands of playing, he was able to just, the pressure is off. I'm a student, I'm learning. And I think it was a good changeup for him, especially as a quarterback, Zach, that in all his previous stops as a player, high school and college, he was thrown into the fire immediately and had to juggle it all. And this time around, even though you could say he's still been thrown into a fire because he's playing as a rookie, but this time around he was able to slow it down and really take his time to see how other guys do it, watch how Flacco you know, runs the huddle, the QB room, breaks down film absorbs the playbook, makes his calls, you know, I, all that added up. And I think you're seeing it have a, a positive effect on him. So would I change some of the ways the Broncos w- went about it if I could go back in time as much as it bothered me? I'm not sure that I would change it now because this season probably was doomed anyway, and you might as well allow Drew Locke to develop in the best way possible. And it turns out in this case, that was a blessing in disguise. And you know what,
2: if the last week was any indication they aired it out 40 times in the snow, I think the Broncos are getting more comfortable now letting Locke use his arm talent, letting him be a gunslinger on the field. The good thing is the Lions are a far cry from even the Chiefs' defense. The Lions' defense under Matt Patricia has made every opposing quarterback look like Tom Brady in his prime. This is going to be a bounce-back week for Drew Locke, and I think it's going to get him statistically back on the right track. You'll start to see the Broncos take to the air more now that he's getting more starts under his belt. As we said, the best way he's going
1: to learn is through experience. We've got a few of our super chat superstars just joining the stream now, and I'm feeling guilty about the fact that we need to get out of here soon. So we'll we'll uh, we'll linger, we'll hang a little bit longer for you guys. Chris jumping in with a twenty one dollar donation on super chat, coming in late, but thanks for the content. Appreciate you, brother, thank you for real, man. Yes. Um, Andy says to clarify his comment or his question, he means fulfilling Lock fulfilling his gunslinger ways or just playing in the system. Now I think that the Broncos, you know, just like a quarterback has to walk that razor's edge, Zach of protecting the ball while also being fearless in terms of you know challenging defenses and getting the ball to his his weapons. Coaches and teams also have to walk the razor's edge of, you know, not completely trying to take a quarterback because we've heard we've heard John Elway and others in Scangarello actually, both of them now, say that Locke has traits that you can't coach. They're just they're you a guy either a quarterback either has it or they don't. And as a as a coaching staff, they have to walk that line of encouraging the best of that to come out of him while also, you know, making sure he's not going too far out over his skis and taking unnecessary risks. And in that gunslinger article I published last night, if you guys haven't checked it out, go read it. But Drew Locke, you know, the basic idea was he explained what being a gunslinger meant to him, as we talked about on yesterday's show, I believe if not yesterday was the one before. And I think that in the end, you got to let Drew Locke Zach bottom line to get to what Andy's saying here you got to let him be him. And what he said, to to paraphrase, long story short, on on Drew Locke, let me just grab this. It's his final comment. Quote, it's kind of like being a three-point shooter, being a gunslinger. You can start the game 0 for 5, but I'm definitely going to shoot the sixth one. I'm going to throw a couple of picks here and there, but in my heart and in my gut, I know the couple of picks will turn into a couple of touchdowns. The good plays will outweigh the bad with being a gunslinger if, here's the qualifier, you do it correctly. That's kind of what it means, close quote. And that's the bottom line is, you know, if you're you're a gunslinger in the best sense of the word, the good will outweigh the bad. You might be Peyton Manning as a rookie and lead the league and Hmm. set the all-time interceptions, but you might also, as a rookie, throw the most touchdowns in the history of the game for a rookie. Or in the case of Brett Favre, you might retire as the NFL's all-time leader in interceptions, but you also retire as the all-time leader in passing touchdowns and yards. The good outweighed the bad, and that's what you need to see from Locke.
2: I can definitely understand the Broncos not wanting Locke to commit turnovers and put the team in in, in situations where they lose a game, but they're sorely mistaken if they want to make him into an Alex Smith game manager. That is not who Drew Locke is. He's not, and he shouldn't change his his abilities or the way he plays the game because the Broncos want to fit him into a neat little box. They need to let Drew fail on his own, win on his own, and play his type of game. He's telegraphing what he says. Let me go out there, play schoolyard, backyard football, Throw deep passes to Cortland Sutton. Be a gunslinger. Be a field general. Don't be overly cautious with the football. That's Case Keenum. Don't be scared in the pocket. That's Joe Flacco. I don't want any more of those quarterbacks, Chad. I want a guy who's going to win or even lose, as the case may be, on the strength of his arm, not because the Broncos are trying to hide him and win in spite of him.
1: Well said. Eclipse jumping in with a $2 donation on Super Chat. Longtime listener of the show and one of our Super Chat studs. Missed you too, bro. It's good to see you. Yep. All right. One or two more, and then we got to get out of here for tonight. (laughs) Mark, breaking news, $5 donation. Appreciate you, brother. He says, breaking news, Garrett is new (laughs) toilet bowls. Hashtag orange crush. Ouch. And that's what I'm, I'm telling you guys. Look, let's find the silver lining as it relates to Garrett Bowles. You still can't trust him. That's the one thing he has proved this year is even though he's got streaks of – and Eric Trickle had a good article and video on this earlier this week. You know, he started solid, then had the regression – or, excuse me, started off on a bad note this year with all those penalties against the uh, Bears in week two, I think it was. Basically, the first quarter of the season was atrocious. Then he he had a, a, a series of three, four games where he was really good, and then the penalties again. Another three, four games, that throws him off. And then he goes, lately, he's had one or two penalties, but from an actual performance perspective, he's played really, really well, both in pass pro and as as a run blocker. So he giveth and he taketh away. He's shown enough, I think, where this isn't me saying that this is what should happen, okay? Understand this is what I think the Broncos are going to do. I think they're going to say, look, we we saw him take enough steps forward progress-wise under Munchak that we don't think it's a dire need to go get a left tackle. I think that's a mistake. But I think that's what they're going to convince themselves of, Zach, and go into next season with Bowles as the starter at left tackle. And maybe they still draft an offensive tackle, but they're not using their first-round pick to do it. I still think they'd be remiss if that's the path they take. But just I'm trying to tell you guys, don't be surprised. Don't be stunned. Don't be shocked if, you know, September of 2020, Garrett Bowles is still your starting left tackle.
2: The thing that bothers me is we're lauding the fact that he's okay for three or four games and just implodes again. I mean, there are standards that low for a first round pick who's supposed to be the franchise left tackle. I mean, he needs to be consistent game in and game out, not just for a few games at a time. The silver lining that I can think of is Bowles is under contract for 2020, so the Broncos will have a left tackle regardless of what they do. What they absolutely cannot do, though, is go into 2020 with Bowles, the unquestioned starter, and have nobody behind him. That is playing with fire and tempting fate. Same with Juwan James. Even if they want to have those guys as starters, you have to have people behind them who can come in if an injury strikes or Bowles becomes Bowles once again.
1: Jordan says, hey, Chad and Zach. I want the Broncos to draft a few offensive linemen in 2020, like the previous listener wrote tonight. If they do this and Chris Harris Jr. moves on, what free agent corners would you like to see the Broncos sign? Well, Zach, we can pull this up and uh, let's see a spot track. Free agents 2020. Let's see if their site's working. I tried to use it earlier. Let's see if it's working now. And I'll tell you. Uh, Bear with us one second here, you guys. Let me grab corner. It wasn't it's, – it's showing me now. That doesn't mean it's going to work. Hold on. Let me select corner Let me, and go. Here we go. Let's see if it works this time. See? no, nope, it's not working. Jordan, we're going to have to circle back on that. I don't have it memorized exactly which corners are hitting free agency this year. I, I like the idea of going after Byron Jones in Dallas, but he's, he's kind of a safety guy too. He can do a little bit of everything, but it's definitely something that the team can't ignore.
2: Byron Jones is a very good player. Uh, I think the Cowboys will look to resign him, though. I don't think he's going to get to the open market. If he does, he's going to get a contract that's going to be just among the top cornerbacks in the NFL. I don't know how you can justify uh, laying out that money when you have to pay Justin Simmons, when you paid Bryce Callahan. I don't think they're going to really invest too heavily into the cornerback market. They can pick up a few middle tier free agents, but I wouldn't look for a major splash there.
1: Guys, we could hang out here with you seriously all night and talk football. <laughs> You've got lives to lead. We've got stuff to do as well. And we got to wind this thing down. It's been so fun talking to you, though. Travis wants to know how you can get a hat or a jacket. Well, a couple of here. – first of all, right now with what we have available, shirts and hats, okay, we're saving those for our Super Chat donors on on uh, YouTube. Okay, so if you want to become a, a donor and support the show financially on YouTube, that's one way that, to get some swag. Also you can leave a creative review on Apple podcasts and you could be one of the two people we draw each and every month to get some free swag. Um, But if, and I think Travis, actually now that I think about it, I think you and I've had an off air conversation on this topic. I think you went and left a, a review on Apple podcasts. I might be mistaking you with somebody else. And if I did, I'm sorry, but if so, wait till the end of the month, we'll announce that the first week of January, who the winners for December were and stay tuned for that. But, We are working on an actual swag store for you guys. Some hats, some shirts, some hoodies, some beanies, some good stuff. And Zach's kind of been spearheading that. And we plan to have that officially unveiled and ready to roll about the time the season gets over.
2: Yeah, full disclosure, we kind of had to change the company through which we want to handle our business with the with the, you know, the, the merchandise and the podcast and the brand name, but we will have a store set up by the end of the, the year going into the new year. That's how you can buy from the website. You don't have to uh, worry about, you know, leaving a review. You can just buy from the website. We will have that set up for you guys. So we appreciate the interest. It's coming soon.
1: It is. Yeah, Roger. So just stay tuned, man. There's going to be, and once we do roll it out, you know we're gonna we're gonna make sure everybody knows about it and hammer on it for a few episodes. Make sure you guys know how to find it. Give you the URL, all the stuff on how to order. Eventually, once the Mile High Huddle YouTube channel gets over ten thousand subscribers, we're almost halfway there. But once we get over ten K, we can actually tie our merch store to the channel. Where when you're watching live or watching a video, right underneath the video screen, there'll be a little running bar where you can buy swag as you're watching and the whole nine yards. So we're working towards that. It's going to be soon. And uh, just stay tuned. But, guys, that's got to do it. I know there's a bunch of questions still left here in the bag, but we're just running out of time. We're pushing 51 minutes now that we've been live, so we got to cut this one off. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. All of our Super Chat donors, you guys, you're keeping the lights on. And each and every time, you, you render Zach and myself speechless. It's, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Yeah, and just seeing the comments on the side. Don't leave, guys. Let's grind this out. We we love seeing
2: that. We so appreciate you guys taking your your Thursday night, your Thursday evening, your free time with us. So we wish we can stay on forever, like Chad said. I can talk football for twenty four hours straight, but uh, you know we have to uh, hop off here. But we will be back on soon. So we hope to see you there.
1: In the meantime, you guys make sure you're following the show on Twitter, as you can see here on the, on the ticker at the bottom, at Huddle Up Pod. That's the best way to stay up to date on Broncos news in real time and with what's happening with the show. And don't forget to find my partner, Zach Kelberman, here on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen, at Mile High Huddle, of course, as well on Twitter. And then, meanwhile, guys, what to expect for the rest of this week is, if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, you're listening to it on Friday, there will be a Scouts Eye preview episode of Building the Broncos, publishing sometime Friday evening or Saturday morning. And then I'm sure you'll have also on the podcast side, Another episode of Dove Valley Deep Divers waiting for you to help get you through the weekend leading up to kick. And then Zach and I will return immediately following Broncos Lions for the gut reaction. So, you know, think 530-ish Sunday afternoon. So we'll be back to talk with you guys in real time then. We're going to look forward to it. In the meantime, have a great weekend, Zach, my brother. You too, have a great weekend. I'll see you for Victory Sunday, Chad. Victory Sunday. Amen. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys then.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast.
1: Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.